The Mets are improving. The Phillies are improving. Blockbuster signings. Blockbuster deals are going on. That's great news for teams all around the National League East, except for the Washington Nationals. So no better person to talk to right now than Ryan Clary of Locked On Nationals. This is a Locked On Nationals, Locked On MLB crossover. You are Locked On MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast. We talk about all of Major League Baseball. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan, but don't call me that. Call me Sully. Look right there, my lower third. That's all you need to know. I am an Emmy-nominated television producer who has been a baseball podcaster for the last decade or so, and I've just finished my fourth season here on the Locked On Podcast Network. And you can follow us, the show, that is, at Locked On MLB Pods on Twitter and on Instagram. And I'm your pal Sully. I'm still on Twitter. I haven't figured out that Mastodon thing yet. And do you know what? I'm 50 years old. I don't have the energy to learn something new. Let's go back to Friendster. But on Twitter, I'm at uh, Sully Baseball, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. And be sure to tell your smart device to play podcast. Locked On MLB, or check out some of the other great shows on the Locked On Podcast Network, including, let's just pick one at random, Locked On Nationals with Ryan Clary. Now, Ryan Clary and I have been playing a little uh, uh, email tag about getting us on the show, and here we are. I pick no better day than to bring him on than as the National League East is piling up their superstars, and one of them is a former Washington National. But hey, 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 enough of my yapping. Ryan Clary's right here. It's your first time on Locked On and Melby, if I'm not mistaken. It is. And, you know, I really appreciate you having me on, Sully. And like you were saying, I mean, today's uh, a sad day. Again, once again, for the Washington Nationals and all their fans with uh, Trey Turner joining those stupid red pinstripes, if I must add. I'm sorry. It's just, it is, it's in my blood. It's interesting that, that, Harper and Trey Turner, if they finish the, these contracts that they signed, will mm-hmm. spend a decade together in Philly yeah. after many years in Washington. Here's where I will say, um, not quite pump the brakes on the sadness, but to say, let's just take a step back and, and examine this. Um, they did have a marvelous decade beforehand and and they won the world series at the right time in terms of winning it where you really can savor it it's Mm -hmm. like now i thought for sure you know the it was kind of poetic justice that it was steven strasberg who was the world series mvp in 2019 when there was a controversy in 2012 when they rested him down the stretch and so naturally when they finally did win it was strasberg who was the mvp um, there was a few years where they had the best team and didn't advance. And then there was 2019 where they were not the best team. And yet that was the team that won. So you did have a, you had a wonderful stretch there of great baseball, MVPs, Cy Youngs, an absolute, like a 
gobsmacking, thrilling victory over the Dodgers in that division series in one of the great division series games of all time, which was game five. I was at game one of that division series in L.A. uh, as a guest of uh, Aaron Dolan, the wife of uh, Sean Doolittle. And um, and when I was there and I saw the Dodgers smack the Nationals around, I thought, well, Matt, fans, I hope you're happy with that wild card game win because that's all you're getting this year. <laughs> and uh, little did I – that's why I don't go to bet online. We're not doing the spot yet. But um, I, I just want to be positive because, you know, you – yeah, it's frustrating that you, they traded away Juan Soto. But he does – he did – you did get a championship with him. You did get a championship with Trey Turner. Think about, like, a team like the Mariners who had A-Rod, Griffey, Edgar – Ichiro, Felix Hernandez, Randy Johnson, and never even played in a World Series. I think the fact that that Washington got its title, you know, when you build a team like that, you want to have great summers and at least one title to show for it. Um, This is right now you're witnessing the aftermath of a great decade. And, you know, and maybe, just maybe, some of the players you got for Scherzer and Turner and Soto could wind up uh, benefiting them. I'm trying to be positive because I know you. this is a rough day for Nationals fans. Well, I mean, first off, talking about the Juan Soto trade, you're actually talking to the right guy if you want to be positive with it because truly I think the Juan Soto trade was something that needed to happen for this franchise. And obviously everyone's like, oh, well, you can't trade the this generation's Ted Williams. And I understand that. I get it. But then also we were losing with them. And we're still losing without him. This is something to where we needed the farm system completely recycled. We needed some fresh faces. We needed some top prospects in here to really bolster up this farm system. Because if you ask the question, at least for me, why the Nationals aren't good right now and why they really fell off so quickly, it's because they didn't have that farm system. They traded everyone away. And Mike Rizzo, I love Mike Rizzo. He's a great president. I still think he's one of the best executives in baseball. But then again, he didn't hit his draft picks. He hasn't really hit any first-round picks since 2012 with Lucas Giolito, which is mind-boggling to think of when you have all this talent in this organization. This organization used to spend money. They used to really want to put the effort in to win because you don't necessarily have to spend money to win baseball games here anymore. It helps. It helps. But it helps a lot, you know? Like, look at the top teams. And I really... I, you know, I think there's a lot to be said what he did. Now, granted, I was completely against sitting uh, Strasburg down the stretch back in 2012 because I said, you don't know if you're, at, you know, this was the Nationals' first real contending season, not counting the first year there in Washington where they actually were contending until like, you know, midway through the year. Yeah. But um, but then they fell off of the Braves. I don't have to tell you. But, uh, it, you know, I thought, you don't know if you ever get this shot again. Well, as it turned out, they did get back in, in 2014 and 2016, 17, 19. Yep. And they just, you know, they lost so many heartbreaking games, obviously. But when they finally did win it and broke a couple of hearts along the way, you know, you, you praise, I praise Rizzo because he put together the best teams year in and year out. Not every move mate worked and, he played musical chairs with the managers. It would have been nice to have seen Dusty win that title in Washington, 
yeah. before it went on to you know to do it with uh, the the Houston Astros. But you know that being said, they invested in Scherzer. They invested in bringing in big players along the way. And yeah, they let Harper. You know, Harper didn't come back, but it wasn't a lack of effort on their part. And they happen to have a Soto ready to go there. Uh, in terms of the Soto trade, I think I said this back in the summertime when the, the Soto sweepstakes began. I got the sense, and believe me, my days of being involved in the front office of the Nationals are well behind me. But I got the sense that the Nats basically came up to Soto and said, "Hey, we're doing a rebuild. Do you want to sit through a rebuild, or do you want, or do you want, you know, out?" Because he could have stayed around, kind of like Buster Posey stayed around mm-hmm. the Giants and get, got back there when they became a division champ again, or. He could say, no, F this. I'm, I don't want to spend – I don't want to be Mike Trout 2.0 and be spending my prime with a – you know, being walked every four at-bats and, you know, four times every four at-bats. So um, if they knew he wasn't going to come back or sign long-term, they get the, get the best price for him. Exactly, and that's really just what it came down to for this past deadline because I heard someone say this, and I could be kind of screwing up this analogy, but hear me out for it. There's no good time to trade Juan Soto, but the next best time is yesterday, meaning that his value is going to be at an all-time high, especially when it comes to this past deadline. You know, If you right. waited until this offseason, maybe you're not getting Yarlin Susanna, who's going to be, uh, who's now an 18-year-old out of the Dominican Republic, was clocked throwing 103 and topped at 104 miles per hour. He's six foot seven on the mound. You're not going to be getting guys like that, or maybe even James Wood, maybe C.J. Abrams. CJ Abrams you just never really know who that would be but then again like it all just comes down to the farm system with this team like when you're that bad and you know you're in the middle of the owners who are about to be selling the team so they're not really trying to spend money because they're not going to be here in a year most likely and right now they don't have the farm system so but then also, here's the other counterpoint to not really paying Soto, and it really kind of comes down to owners in general. Do they want to pay him that much money with what they know is Scott Boris? I mean, Mike Rizzo, he loves to say that he's good buddies with Scott Boris. They have a nice, good working relationship. But then again, like you just say that because you extended Steven Strasburg, you signed Max Scherzer, and that's really it. But then Juan Soto and Scott Boris, their whole deal is they're going to be going to free agency, just like every Scott Boris client out there. So it's yeah. it, it depends which Nats fan you ask. But if you're asking me, like, I truly think we made the right decision because I've seen too many guys walk. I've seen it happen. I'm good with that. Well, look, at when you have Scott Boris as, your, as the agent there, you mm-hmm. just know that you know, he's going to, he, he sends his clients to free agency and it's their right, you know, it's their right to do that. And he says, you know, he knows he'll have a big time player who can command big time money. And it's just a surefire bet that if you have Boris as your, as your agent, you're going to become a free agent and go for the highest price. And if you're going to make any bets, go to bet online, which remains your number one source for sports betting info, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to the World Cup and eSports. We've got it all at BetOnline, 
Net. And if you love sports podcasts, if you're listening to me, chances are you are. You can find those at Bet Online as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, it's where the game starts. Sing it with me. Bet Online, it's where the game starts. Game starts. Boom. Boom, exactly. Uh, Ryan Clary is with us from Lockdown Nationals. I try to be positive up front because I actually think the Nationals, what they did was kind of show what a team that has a uh, maybe not the biggest window of opportunity should go for it and give it a shot. And they managed to pull it off. And, you know, this may be some of the leanness, but it also I, I do respect the fact that they if they, you know, if they decide to go for it, if they decide to go for a rebuild, they did a full, they're doing a full rebuild. And this is the tough part of it, but you got to hope that the, he trades better than he drafts. Um, <laughs> uh, I just want to bring up a little bit of today's news because in its ways it affects the Nationals. And I'm going, well, we ain't winning this year. Um, yep. Uh, former National, I, I alluded to this before, uh, national uh, shortstop who was included in the Scherzer trade for, with Los Angeles as insurance for Corey Seager skedaddling. Um, I'm a little, I'm a little surprised that LA let uh, Trey Turner skedaddle because he was a really good fit in Los Angeles. Obviously, he's going to go to the you know the highest bidder, but LA has a, <clears throat> some money coming off of the books, and I thought Turner. He's an MVP candidate, at least a you know top ten MVP candidate, one of the best hitters, especially as a shortstop. Oh yeah, um, he signed a deal that will keep him in Philadelphia until the heat death of the universe. And uh, <laughs> for the Phillies, this is uh, this is a terrific move for the Phillies, which is who are in win now mode, and they know that it, you know it's an eleven year deal, obviously. 11 years is a very long time. You know, he's got 2033. I mean, yeah, and he's going to be 40 years old when uh, yeah. he's once a free agent because he's 29 right now. And uh, I'm pretty good at math, as you can tell. Real easy math there. Yeah. But, I mean, it's it was a smart deal for the Phillies. Like, I think that this contract for Trey Turner, I truly think it's almost even a bargain, you could say, because I, I think he's one of the most undervalued players in the MLB right now. And truly, looking back at that 2019 season with the Nationals, we saw it firsthand. I mean, the Nationals, when he broke his finger, uh, when uh, Bryce Harper made his return for the very first time to Nationals Park, Trey Turner broke his finger that night, taking a, a little bunt there off the middle finger, actually after off the right index finger. And... He was down in the national stunk through May. And then once he came back midway through June, or really, I mean, later June, I could say, it that's when the season turned around completely. And really, when you have your shortstop out there who's going to be there every game, who's going to be giving you at-bats every single night, and really, he's one of the toughest outs in baseball. He can hit for power. He's a complete menace on the bases. When he, I mean, when you have someone with that speed, you always have to be looking over your shoulder. You never know what he's going to be doing. And so just having his presence there was even bigger than just what his numbers say, because right. he's going to be getting in the pitcher's heads. I mean, you have to think about this guy when he's just on the base paths in general, and he gets on the base a lot. So 
it's it's a great deal for the Phillies. I mean, it it again, it it sucks for me. Like it, right. it really does, and it sucks for all of us. I mean, yeah, I mean, it is one. weird. You know, it's odd seeing you have Harper, Scherzer, and Trey Turner are all still in the National League East right now, and um, Kyle Schwarber, and Kyle Schwarber, and Kevin yeah, Long, I, our hitting coach now with the Philadelphia Phillies, who I truly think was the brain behind all of these hitters that have come out through the Nationals. Anthony Rendon, Trey Turner, Bryce, all of these guys, they loved Kevin Long. So the Phillies paid him last offseason, and it paid off pretty well this year with an NL pennant. And this is, by the way, this is what Dave Dombrowski does best. You you hire Dave Dombrowski, he says, I'm going to spend your money, and you're going to get really good players, and your team's going to play in the World Series. You're going to, I'm going to drain your farm system. I'm here to win now. Yep. Okay. And I don't care if that contract stinks in six or seven years because we're trying to win now. The Philadelphia Phillies in their history have only one more world series championship than the nationals. Yep. There are as many, nice there, there's as many Washington world series titles as there are Philadelphia Phillies world series titles Two, the 24 senators, the, the, the 1924 Senators, the 2019 uh, Nats, and for the Philadelphia Phillies, the 1980 Phillies, and the 2008 Phillies. That's it. Yeah. And so and- they know that they, they made it to the World Series a year ahead of time last year. Everyone knows they were ahead of schedule winning the pennant last year, but they could build upon that. And now they have. And, you know, that's it's smart. It's smart. There's a, even if the deal, even if he's a, in a full body cast the last three or four years of his contract, if the Phillies win a World Series title in those first couple of years, then it's worth every penny. Of course it is. And I truly think, I mean, they're going to be at the top of the NL for a while now. Obviously, you got the Atlanta Braves, the New York Mets, and all the other NL teams as well. Mm-hmm. But I mean, just look at this. Look at this team that they have right now. And now adding Trey Turner to the mix on already the NL pennant winning Philadelphia Phillies. I mean, this lineup is going to be absolutely filthy, especially yeah. on the offensive side of things. And even their defense is going to be nice. And you yeah. could have guys like Alec Bohm even step up. He was a first-round pick, top 10 pick. If you get someone like that to even just upgrade his game a little bit at the plate, that's going to be huge. I mean, that's he's not going to be some superstar, at least in my mind, but he right. could definitely be a big jump he doesn't have to be there. a superstar. He doesn't, he doesn't have to be. That's the beauty of it. You have a pair. You with Turner. You have a pair of superstars on that team, and you have exactly. a bunch of other very good players. So you don't have. He could be a complimentary player more than you know the, the proverbial Kevin Millar to the Ortiz and Ramirez of going back to the 04 Red Sox. Not yeah. everyone has to be a superstar. By the yeah. way, uh, the other big move that took place in the uh, uh, National League East. The Mets immediately responded to the loss of Jacob DeGrom by signing Justin Verlander to a two-year deal uh, with a vesting option for a third as they're trying to reunite the the Detroit Tigers of 2012. They can't bring back Rick Porcello, the former Cy Young Award winner, wound up retiring, this, and he had a wonderful career. Helped the mm-hmm. Red Sox win a, uh, a slightly shadowy t- 2018 World Series. I threw that in there for all the Astros fans who think I never bring that up. 
I bring it up every time. <laughs> but uh, it's funny that they're huge annual value for the contracts of Scherzer and of uh, Verlander, but they're also very short term because uh, I believe Verlander pitched in the 1924 World Series. Uh, <laughs> it, and it was, neither one of them are spring chickens at this point. But again, they know that the deal for the Mets is they have to win right now. They have the richest owner in baseball who say, I just trying to win right now. And quite frankly, even though, you know, Verlander has two, his last two full seasons, he won the Cy Young Award. And the two seasons in between those years, he pitched a grand total of one game. You know, he's coming off, you know, it's, he won the Cy Young coming off of Tommy John surgery. He's still a veteran player who could break down at any nanosecond. But so is Jacob deGrom. And in some ways, this is it. You'd almost rather take the risk with Verlander and Scherzer because you need 30 starts from deGrom. And deGrom didn't give him 30 starts when you combine his last two seasons. Yeah, you know, and a lot of people are saying, like, how could they let deGrom go? And it's like, well, yeah, like. DeGrom's great. Like, I think when he's healthy, I think he's the best uh, pitcher in baseball. You can even say he's the best player in baseball, really. When he's healthy. And that's the key. It's when he's healthy. As you were saying, he didn't even have 30 starts over the last two seasons. This is someone who's just banged up all the time, and that's really kind of been throughout his career. He had that nice little run. Obviously, in 2019, he was dominant, and he's had plenty of years where he was absolutely dominant. But then again, it's all about health. Justin Verlander ultimately over his career has been healthy obviously just had Tommy John he's recovering from that I think he recovered pretty fine got this Tommy John surgery winning the Cy Young and then ultimately getting that uh that lump off his chest there with uh you know getting his first World Series win so let me just bring this up you talk about a pitcher who is a fan favorite beloved helped pitch his team to the World Series won multiple Cy Young awards Mm mm-hmm Jacob DeGrom, I'm going to bring up another name, which is eerily similar, Tim Lincecum. They can fall off a table that fast. Brandon Webb, another one who fell off a table that fast. You could be a super great pitcher like that. I was in the Bay Area witnessing the love, the overflowing love for Tim Lincecum. His peak was absolutely phenomenal. And then Mm -hmm. it was over. And no matter how much Giant fans cheered him, and believe me, he's a rock star in San Francisco. <laughs> but when he fell off a cliff and it became very clear that this was now Matt Keynes and Madison Bumgarner were the co-aces, and everyone, what about Timmy? What about Timmy? And I was like, remove your emotion. He's injured. He's no longer Timmy. And Jacob DeGrom is no longer a 20-something-year-old. He's in his 30s, and pitchers in their 30s with injury issues don't now magically get healthy because we're testing for that now. Exactly. And it's as a Nationals fan, again, I know about that as well. We got Steven Strasburg here. When he's healthy, I truly think he's one of the most consistently great pitchers in baseball, even if you just look at the numbers. But then again, That's when he's healthy. We paid him all that money after the 2019 season, winning the World Series MVP, and deservedly so. I still say that I would have paid him that money right then and there. But looking back on it, if I may, 
what I know now with injuries and just kind of more development with everything, I would have never paid him that money because I was still off that World Series high. I wanted to see the World Series MVP back in Washington, D.C. But I then again, I think the injuries. Paying, yeah, I think they were paying for services rendered. I exactly. think that's and, what it was. Yep. And, and, of know, course. Yeah. And it's sad, you know, like I think about it, but it sucks. It just sucks. That's all I can say. Hey, uh, I just want to say to everyone, thanks so much for making Locked On MLB your first listen today. If you're second listen today, check out Locked On Sports today. Find the games that matter the most. The biggest stories in sports go beyond the scoreboard. Behind the scenes with local experts and insight that only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today is available on this app, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. Final segment here with Ryan Clary, the host of Locked On Nationals. Boy, you got to think about the previous hosts of Locked On Nationals. Got the World Series championship, got the, the all the glory there. And then, Ryan, you come on in and say <laughs> you get the rebuild. Tell, where, tell us a little bit about your background. Because you, you and I never talked until uh, today. So talk yeah. to me a little bit about your background and who who's your guy. Um, it's so strange for me to say growing up with the Nationals because – my children were born a month before the Nationals played their first game. So let me just say <laughs> that I, I'm I'm uh 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 les expos. Um I, I, so I like but, that uh, little French. But thing. I do lo- I have rooted hard for the Nationals every time they've been in the playoffs. So So I mean I I'm from Washington, DC. I'm born and raised in northern Virginia, just about twenty minutes outside of DC. And I was there I was in a Annandale. Okay. Annandale. You know where Leesburg is? Leesburg, of Virginia? Course. Yeah, yeah. I did course. comedy at Leesburg, Virginia back in Tally 19. Ho? Well, yeah, yeah. There we and go. And in a Mexican, also at a Mexican restaurant. There was a Mexican restaurant. Tally Ho was one, and there was a Mexican restaurant in Leesburg that had a comedy night as well. And I, I did that as well when I used to do shows in DC. Well, there you go. You know, I, you go. I actually um, I'm a producer for the radio show uh, for here in sports radio in uh, Washington, D.C. And Danny Ruye, who's a comedian here in D.C., mm-hmm. he's uh, one of the co-hosts of my show. So uh, he's kind of hooked me up with some tickets over there. I love Tally Ho, by the mm-hmm. way. But, yeah, I've been a Nationals fan my whole life. I played baseball my whole life. I wanted to play in college until I like to blame that I broke my arm later in high school as to why I didn't play college baseball. But in reality, I probably wasn't going to play. I wanted to play. But then again, I grew up as a Nationals fan. I I loved this team from the beginning. They were my first love when it came to sports. Ryan Zimmerman was everything to me. As you can see, my Twitter handle is RyanClary11. And it's not because 11 is my favorite number. It's because of Ryan Zimmerman. And I also played third base. Like, I wanted to be Ryan Zimmerman as a kid. So that's just what it was for me. Part of the team that won. Wasn't it great that that he stuck around long enough to get the ring on that? I mean, that's that's to me. That's so great. That's just it great. was. And he he deserved every second of that. Like, you know, especially with and this is overlooked because that 2019 postseason run was just so incredible and filled with so many damn highlights. But that game four of the NLDS against the LA Dodgers when Ryan Zimmerman hit that game ceiling home run, that was euphoric because he deserved that moment. And then of course in the World Series to get that first home run off Garrett Cole. That was also awesome. So Ryan Zimmerman was someone that you wanted to be the team captain. Like, I'm not going to say 
he's Derek Jeter, but he was our Derek Jeter, you know? Like he was he was there from the beginning. Not so, every team has to have a Derek Jeter, for God's sake. They don't. Sometimes you have <laughs> that emotional player that you have that you know was there during the lean years as well as the great years. It's like when Paul Canerco oh, yeah. was part of the White Sox team that won the World Series. Or you saw, you know, like like you know, Alex Gordon, who was supposed to be the next George Brett, but then eventually switched positions, but he was there when the Royals finally won. You, know, you need to have those players who are there, not just, you know, who are there when things stunk to also be there when they win. That, to me, is this, the, those, those are the happiest moments, I think. Of course it is. And Ryan Zimmerman still just means so much to this area. Obviously, I mean, this is his home now. He still lives in northern Virginia there, uh, right over in Arlington. So this is someone to where you still see out in public. You still see him at bars. You see him at sporting events. This is someone who has adopted D.C. as his home. So it's also just really cool. And then also he played at University of Virginia. So that's not that's two hours down the road. It's not too far. There's a lot of UVA people down here. So Ryan Zimmerman has always kind of been a public figure. I mean, obviously a public figure, but even before his Nationals days as a UVA graduate, everyone knew him. And so when the Nationals took him for their first overall selection as the Washington Nationals, it just made perfect sense. And of course, he went on to be Mr. National and he lived up to every second of that. Well, you've lived up to every second of being part of this show here, Ryan Clary. Uh, tell people where they can follow your show. Uh, you can follow the show at LO underscore Nationals over at Twitter. You can also follow myself at Ryan Clary 11 over on Twitter. And, you know, I like to stay a little active on Twitter. Um, you know, hopefully I get a little more news to talk about with <laughs> the Nationals. But so far, I've been having a lot of fun uh just being miserable with all these nationals signing everywhere else besides the nationals. So. That's the spirit. That is absolutely yes. the spirit. Well, hey, <laughs> thanks for thanks for joining us. Thanks for making us your first listen and your second listen. Have that be locked on nationals. And let's remind you, make your third listen be locked on sports today. From all the news you need, insights, locked on guests. I'm going to be appearing on it pretty soon. Talk about some of these trades. So follow it. At Locked On Sports Today, as well on this app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow this show at Locked On MLB Pods on Twitter and on Instagram. And I'm your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Talking about the Nationals, the good and the bad, and a little bit of the ugly, too, with Ryan Clary. You're not ugly, though. You're not the ugly. Oh, other thank guys. you. You're not there, either. You're not either. There you We're go. Both good two, two beautiful people talking about baseball. Uh, I'm significantly older. But... This has been the Locked On Nationals, Locked On MLB crossover for the sixth day of December 2022. Get your shopping done. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please, I'm begging you, call me Sully.